everyone and welcome back to Make Better Wedding Films, the home of new ideas for radical films about people in love. My name is Ben, I will be your host. And before we get into the show, we've got a couple of announcements from our sponsors. The first of which is Musicbed. Now, if you have looked at any of Aaron's work, you will know that music is a huge part of his style and how he tells his stories. We go into a bit of that in the episode, talking about the kind of high energy music he picks for his films to help ramp up that tension and that conflict. So if you guys want to find music like that, make sure to jump onto Musicbed. There's all sorts of amazing curated playlists like hip hop, intense cinematic. There's a whole playlist called Epic. There's one on Trap. So make sure you guys jump onto Musicbed, start diving into that more epic cinematic music if you want to sort of play around with some music like what Aaron uses. The link below is an affiliate link. It lets them know that we sent you, which helps out the show. Our second sponsor is Studio Ninja. Studio Ninja is the world's highest rated studio management software. It helps you automate all of your boring admin. Also in this episode, Aaron talks about his client experience, how he manages his brand, how he sets up expectations for his couples and and warms them up and preps them ahead of the wedding day. All of this stuff can be done through automations, email automations, sending out resources and guides and questionnaires to your couple. So yeah, if you hear basically how Aaron does that with his couples and are interested in implementing that into your business without taking up a whole bunch of time, make sure to check out Studio Ninja to sort out all of your admin. Hit the link below and if you use the promo code MBWF50, get 50% off your first year. So I think that's like 125 US for your first year of Studio Ninja. Absolute no-brainer. Alrighty, that's it for the announcements. On to the episode. I've spoken before about how the cornerstone of storytelling is conflict. But as wedding filmmakers, it's not immediately obvious how we should implement conflict in the representation of the happiest day of someone's life. Today, I'm sitting down with Aaron Daniel Films to learn more about his unique approach to wedding filmmaking from world building his brand to writing books for his couples to how he structures his film around the concept of mystery, placing the burden of the protagonist's conflict not on the couple, but on the viewer. My name is Ben, and this is Make Better Wedding Films. Aaron, kia ora. Thank you for coming on the show. Nice to meet you. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too, man. It's going to be it's going to be a good episode, I think. Um, uh, yeah, there's so many great things I think uh, we're going to cover today. Um, your work has a really unique uh, flavor to it. It's got this kind of el- um, epic, kind of visceral um element to it you use a lot of sound design you use transitions you transition uh music really interestingly and you just create this kind of visceral experience in your films that i really want to touch on and um there's also some elements for of how you manage your brand and manage your client experience that i too want to go into as well so there's lots to cover um yeah lots to talk about i think it's gonna be a great episode um but you want to start us off by giving us a little rundown on who is aaron daniel films amazing well uh, again thank you so much for having me on here ben um i just want to say you're like everything that you describe in my own work i i see it in you i see it in all your guests on your podcast and i'm just glad to be part of this community you know and uh thank you (laughs) <laughs> so to get into it a little bit, um, who is Aaron Daniel Films? Um, uh, in a nutshell, I'm a Canadian wedding filmmaker, mostly servicing Toronto and the surrounding areas. Um, I've had the pleasure of working across Canada, west coast of Canada in the States, um, Mexico, all the way to the Philippines, you know. And um, I think one of my main, at least recent accomplishments that I'd like to like put out there when I can is that I was just recently awarded um, uh, first place in two categories of the Weva Annual Awards, the Worldwide Event Videographer Association's Awards, as first place cameraman and first place colorist. So um, I personally don't think I'm unique in the slightest, but according to other people, it's it's cool to see that my work stands out to, to my heroes, you know? Yeah, nice. And how long have you been doing weddings? 
my very first wedding was 2014. So mm. what is that? Uh, eight, yeah, just what, over what, eight what years eight, now. eight years ago, yeah. Yeah. Nice, uh, yeah. Cool. So you've been in the game a wee while. I, I think so. Sometimes I yeah. think it's it's new to me. Sometimes when I meet new people, I, I feel old at the same time. I, I don't know. You probably get the same feeling. How, how long have you been mm. shooting, Ben? I mean, yeah, I just came up 10 years recently. 10 years, so yeah. So similar. Um, and yeah, it's feel both both long and short at the same time. I still feel like I've got lots to learn. Yeah, um, everything everything changes yeah. so quickly these days. You know? Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The whole industry's sh- shift and changes I feel like from year to year yeah um, totally which is and you interesting hear so and, many yeah. different stories mm. how how um, how people started how people continue and why sometimes people stop working in this industry you know so it's cool to be part of communities podcasts like this and other mm. other uh, online communities where we can share our work globally and uh, yeah yeah absolutely um, I'd love for you now to describe um, uh, I guess uh, Aaron Daniels films as the brand, um, especially as you've been in it for you know eight years now, and I imagine the the brand and the kind of films you make and the kind of couples you resonate with has sort of probably organically, you know, sort of slotted into place over time. So, could you kind of describe your brand um, and who is your ideal couple? What other sort of films do you make for them? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think. Branding is such an important aspect of our lives as artists. Um, I don't think it gets talked about too much. I think uh, storytelling is such an important part. The techniques, the the camera, um, the technical side of things, you know, that's that's all important. But when it comes down to presenting yourself as just a human in general, like the, the way people see you is through your brand, you know. So um, you touched on, you, you asked about my ideal couple, and I'd like to say that um, for me, going through my brand, my ideal couple tends to be the high energy couple, you know? So if you scroll through my Instagram page, website, um, you'll, you'll notice a lot of my, you, you said it in the intro, a lot of my editing is very, uh, there's, there's a lot of things going on, you know? And, uh, I think my affinity towards high energy couples. Um, I, I grew up in a huge Filipino family. Uh, there was something always going on, you know, and I just, I was just used to that big event type stuff and it's been injected into my work. So that, that, again, so going back to my branding, the branding, I would say for all our listeners here, like you want to think about your branding as who you are as a person, first and foremost, like, um, everything, stems from you as a filmmaker. I, I really believe that uh, if you want to make like what, whatever goals you have, like six figures, trying not to work as much as you need, you need to like really hone in on who you are and working towards that ideal couple that suits your personality. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, uh, you can, you know, concoct and come up with the most amazing brand um, in your head, but if it's not authentically coming from you, you're going to burn out and... A couple exactly. of years max. Um, Grace yeah. from Bottle Brush talks about this a lot when it comes to um, discovering and developing your own brand is that it has to be authentic to you. You sort of start with you, what you love, your why, and from there you find your ideal couple and then from there you figure out how to make films for them. But it has to start with you. Oh, a- totally. Absolutely. Yeah, Bottle Brush yeah. does a phenomenal mm-hmm. job. I, I like to yeah. say that it's our brand that attracts our couples and it's our brand that makes the sale at the end of the day. So through and through you're, you're working as a, as an image online as your brand. Absolutely. And it gives you clarity too. It gives you clarity for when you're in the trenches editing, like having a kind of framework to actually base your decisions off. Yeah. Um, Yeah, totally. It's really the lens Mm. that you, you interact with the world with, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I can totally see um, your high energy, uh, the fact that you you resonate with high energy couples and I love your connection there with your Filipino heritage and just like <laughs> big families, big events, stuff happening all the time. Uh, I can definitely see that in, in your edits um, and what you do with um, your editing pacing and your sound design and everything. It, it all plays into that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if you don't mind, I'd love to yeah. uh, tell a little story about like Please where do. where I first mm. came up about um 
like the true importance of branding. Um, I'd, I'd like to share this story with all, all uh, filmmakers that I come across, you know. So when I was first starting out, I had um, one of my longtime assistants. He, uh, he was helping me out a lot and he, he's moved on to working in advertising now. And um, a few years ago, we caught up and we were talking about branding, advertising in general. And a lot of his mentors came up into the conversation. And um, one such mentor, uh, I hope he's okay with me saying this, is actually The Weeknd's creative director. Um, the the artist, The Weeknd, from, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of his. So when he told me he learned from a huge creative director like that, I was like all ears listening to what he had to say. And the big thing that stuck with me learning from these huge artists, creative artists, is that his idea of world building, world building around your brand. You want to be able to create a brand that people can basically live in. You know, managing your brand is really about managing something like curating an exhibit, um, taking them to an amusement park, or um, sometimes the way I like to describe um, my brand, other, other people's brands, I want to feel like I'm in a it, at Disneyland, you know, I want to feel like there's something magical going on. Um, and you want to create a world, a brand world where you have specific laws to live by. There are natural physical laws that your audience can come to expect. So stuff like the font that you use, stuff like the music, the, the genre of music that you use, the, the text, the, the captions that you use in your Instagram posts or stuff like that. You want to be able to create a world that your audience can easily understand and know to come and accept. And from there, it just makes the whole process of working together a lot easier because they know what they're getting into. Another easy example of this is a brand like Apple. They have their their iPods, or I don't know how popular their iPods are now, but they have their iPhones, MacBooks, um, uh, iPads, and we come to accept these as their natural laws in their brand world. So bringing it back to like us as wedding filmmakers, I think we need to really accept that um, we need those kind of worlds too, you know. Um, does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. And you can see that with um, the people who do it well. Um, I mean, again, yet again, Bottle Brush is a perfect example of like they <laughs> totally. create this this world that you can live in. And then um, there's other fil- filmmakers who do, do it too, you know, like the likes of uh, White and R- Reverie. You know that, like uh, their whole presence um, online and everything they do, that I creates a kind of like you know Eric Floberg, all these kind of people who like create this kind of like little universe. Um, yeah, I universe. love that term. That, that term world, world, world building. Yes, um, I, never, I never really thought of it that way because I'm like I'm a big D and D nerd. I play D and D with my family, um, and I, you know, like world build yeah. in that context. Yeah. Um, I never really thought about it, about it in relation to branding, but it absolutely makes a hundred percent sense. Um, totally right. Yeah. So when you're yeah. like playing with your your family and friends, you've, you're mm-hmm. in Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're in a whole other universe, and I think that's something I really try to imbue into my own type of my my website mm-hmm. first of all, and that just yeah. spills out into the films, you know. So yeah, love that, love that. I, I hope um, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it absolutely does. Absolutely does. Um, when it comes to your uh, world building and your, and your brand and and the films that you make and stuff, where do you find inspiration? Like, inspiration. where are you sort of drawing resources from? Oh man, a, a very uh, easy example for me, just right off the top of my head, is I'm I'm a st- I'm a stand. I guess I'm Drake's brand. Um, coming from Toronto, we <laughs> I think I'll, if if you're not a Drake fan, you're either not not telling the truth or, or you, uh, you're not human, you know? So, um, October's very own Drake's brand. Um, he's a musical artist, so his brand really revolves around music, but it also overlaps into the geography of where that brand comes from. So, um, he, he collaborates with a lot of Toronto artists, a lot of designers, you know, and then it's also expanding into the like global market of other, um, brands that have the same values too, you know? So for me, I think OVO is such a good example of a brand that had its very specific niche, niche, which is hip hop music. And then it 
spills out into a bigger universe, like world building into that that universe. Yeah, it creates like its own ecosystem that, you know, it 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 then speaks to like you're saying the geographic um, context and stuff. Like, yeah, I love that idea too of 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 uh, creating like being really intentional about the kind of um, geographic connections that your brand sits within, you know, like the, 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 how your brand relates to other vendors in your literal, you know, geographic niche as well. Um, Cause again, something I never really um, critically thought about, you know, like, cause I, I work with the same photographers, the same, you know, marquee companies, the same, <laughs> you know, we- wedding planners. And it's like, our couples are sort of experiencing our brands in relation to all these other brands. And so like having them sort of holistically align um, and sort of be able to speak to each other. Um, yeah. Makes yeah, total sense. That, yeah. That collaborative aspect mm. of our lives as artists, we, we, at that, sometimes we we're so um, narrow minded in what we're supposed to be doing. Um, we, we, sometimes forget that there are people beside us trying to do the same thing. So why not try to collaborate in the same direction in that world? Like when you think about, um, what was that movie? Uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Like they were all from different universes, but it was so cool seeing them all together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like different, but still. Yeah, uh, yeah. A ki- connective thread throughout. Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's absolutely. always the, the cool part where we can work together. Like us right yeah. now, I think it's it's yeah. so yeah. cool to see us um, aligned in that way. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, for everyone listening at home, um, we are going to be uh, diving into um, some more uh, you know, um, technical aspects of your actual filmmaking. Where I, the, I you know, I I want to be talking about how you like work on the day, how you direct your couples. I would definitely want to go into your editing and stuff because there's some big stuff there, but I kind of, before we do that, I want to stick on brand for a little bit longer. Um, and before we dive into the actual, like, um, how you do what you do, but, um, in our, in, um, the, uh, pre-interview questionnaire I sent you, um, uh, I asked you what a strength of yours was and it came up um, around something around brand management um, and from diving around your web, web, website, looking at your t- testimonials and what some of your couples have had to say about you and stuff, um, I can see that you're someone who thinks about um, how you manage your brand and the client experience really critically. So could you maybe speak to um, the idea of brand management and what that means for you and your business? Yeah, totally. So branding, like we were just talking about, is such an important part. It's all about, to to put it in a nutshell, it's just about curating who you want to be working with. So let's say, for example, um, Ben, I don't don't know how close you are to, I don't know, what's a good example? Um, Let's let's bring up Drake again. I don't know how how much of a a listener of Drake you are, but let's say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) let's say, let's say you want to get into music videos for example um the the act of brand management for you to be in that kind of industry would have to fall back on the idea that you are like a a music videographer you know you wouldn't be posting weddings at at least i don't think um you wouldn't be sharing testimonials with couples or, or stuff along those lines um it's all about staying within your lane to the extent that like staying within your lane, balancing um, the idea that your couples know what to expect. They know you're a wedding filmmaker. They know you're um, you're able to do destination stuff if if that's what you do. But at the same time, you want to also balance the the uniqueness of you, curating who you are. Again, like what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, curating your personality, kind of injecting it into what you can provide, not just as a filmmaker, but as a person who's present on the wedding day. So um, some things I like to tell some of my students that I've had to had the pleasure of mentoring is that you want to really share who you are um, as much as you can in, in a like obviously tasteful way. Um, an example that I like to bring up is just literally sharing on your Instagram story the types of music you listen to. The more you share it, um, 
again, in a tasteful way, uh, the, the more um, accepting, again, going back to that brand world universe, the more accepting your audience is to ex expect that from you. And if they are aligned with what you share with, with the world, you know, they'll be, it'll be easier for them to know that, hey, that guy listens to Drake. That, that guy does music. Ben does work with The Weeknd, the Dra uh, Drake. Um, that's who I'm going to hire. And there's no one else even on that option list, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what you're saying there around like uh, clients knowing what to expect, mm -hmm. I think is huge. And and outside of purely like um, uh, just the kind of the world building and the brain and stuff, is there anything that you do to help like set up your expectations for your couples before the day? Sort of this is basically going to be us transitioning now like from here into sort of how you actually physically work on the day. So before a wedding day, is there anything sort of like expectation-wise that you do to sort of set up um, what your couples can expect you to be like on a, a wedding day? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of my work heavily relies on like the, the natural aspect of directing. But before I get into the directing part of mm. how I, like my process of filmmaking, I, I want to take a step back and say that even before we, we meet in person, I send them books. I send them two books that I've written, um, and that helps me, helps them get to get to know each other better, and gets gets them kind of primed for being on camera. So I'm an author of two books: The Power Couples Playbook and Wedding Day Confidence. Those books are essentially um, kind of an amalgamation of my reading about healthy relationships, and it helps the couples that I work with kind of naturally bring out their emotions while the cameras are around them. So um, touching back onto that brand world and, and world building aspect, that those two books are part of what couples come to expect. And when they touch those books, the, the brand touch points of those books will help the process of working together even more, you know? So I guess back to your question, I, I might be veering off a little, but back to your question. Um, what I do is send them these books. It'll help them understand what it's like to to work together on a wedding day and also with cameras surrounding them for, I don't, for 12 hours, you know? So that's how I kind of prime them. And that's how we get on the same page without knowing what kind of page we're starting from. And I hope that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um I love that like, the fact that you send couples these freaking books, like, because <laughs> it's, uh, it's the thing. It's like we're we're expecting a lot of our our clients. You know, like, nobody usually has four cameras pointed at them all day and are expected to to perform, um, like that. And and like it's an experience that no one's really usually used to having. Um, and the fact that you thought about that. And chose to create something to help um, help couples sort of warm up warm up to that experience um, is huge because that's only going to benefit you and your work in the long run. You know? Exactly, like, exactly. You, like yeah. I could say, oh yeah, I did this for my own like self gratification or something like that, but it, it's not. It really came from the need for couples to prime them to warm themselves up mm. to this huge day in their lives. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Amazing, amazing, cool. Um, I hope that makes sense too, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. I It's, it's something that I I talked about on a previous episode with um, Chris from Studio Ninja about uh, prepping couples before the day and giving them advice. And and, and, and it's something I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into ahead of my next uh, wedding season, incorporating something like that. Um, Obviously, you've just got one well, gone one step further, further to formalizing it into a book, which I feel from a couple <laughs> from a client experience standpoint would be amazing to receive. So yeah, no, that that's wicked, man. Here and there, sometimes I feel like I'm asking a lot of them to like go through a whole book. <laughs> well, if there's so. the thing, if they if they if they read it, they do. If they don't, they don't. Like it's you know, it's you're at least like you're it's it's on the table. It's a branding so. exercise in and of itself just to offer it whether they read it or not is kind of irrelevant, like, you know, not irrelevant, totally, but it's, it's, yeah. it's only part of it. You know, the fact that you have, 
they've seen you go into that effort and and offer that as a, a as an experience is in and of itself valuable. Exactly. If if anyone of our listeners, even you, Ben, are thinking of writing a book, do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just good advice. If you're thinking of doing something, do it. Yeah, 100%. Just do it. Just do it. Thank you. Um, wicked. All right, let's, um, let's uh, I think, transition now from big picture marketing brain. We'll take that hat off, um, take off our branding hat, and let's just talk about physically how you do, how you do what you do on the day. So, yeah, talk me through your process on a wedding day. Um uh, what's your sort of your kind of style? How do you? Uh, how much do you put yourself forward? How do you direct? Like, tell me a little bit about how you how you film. Oh way. yeah, honestly, I don't really think my process is that unique. I think we all learn from the likes of, again, White and Reverie Bottle Brush when when they when they speak about it. Matt Johnson. Um, my process isn't too crazy. I just honestly follow the schedule and work within it, and uh, add a little pizzazz here and there where you can. But I think where the the where my kind of process veers off the the average path is the directing aspect of it. I think good directing is a lot like couples therapy where you really guide them through their emotions and behaviors. Um, uh, I, I don't manipulate things too far, but I try to keep things within the context of their surrounding. Elements, the the environment, staying true to wherever they are in the day, you know. So, for example, the morning, getting ready, I wouldn't ask them to like, uh, I don't know, dance like it's nighttime already, or I I don't know. It 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 really depends on the couple, but the bottom line is not to take them out of the con the environment that they're in just because there's a camera, you know. It's it's all about staying authentic to where they are in this story. Um, and I think writing those two books really helped me understand that you need to stay within frame of where you are in the greater scheme of the plot, which is the wedding day. So um, we, we, it, it's a little uh, more forgiving for, uh, for example, photographers to, to ask our couples to do certain things, but for video... Um, at least through my eyes, I think staying natural to where they are is the most authentic and, and kind of real way to do a film like uh, like like this. And so, when it comes to, especially when it comes to say like the the photo session, and like how do you feel like your directing differs from say a photographer's? Yeah, the difference between video and photo is is I think mostly seen during that photo session. Um, you have the photographer doing their thing, um, me and my team doing our thing. We 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 like to bounce off each other where we can, but honestly, it's it's hard to do the same thing that the photographer is doing because it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily look like it's supposed to be there. You know, you don't want to capture things that aren't supposed to be there, um, at least in a tacky kind of cheesy way so for example i wouldn't ask them to twirl in the middle of the street but what i would do is ask them to like twirl on the dance floor twirl um or or dance where it looks like they would have done that already again bringing up that idea of being a couple's therapist um you want to bring out the emotions that are already there like you want to make them feel like the camera isn't there at all and just guide them direct them into the mind state of hey, we're just having fun. There's no cameras around us. I want to be playful with you. So something I would say to my couples is like, hey guys, it's it's cold out. Um, groom, keep your bride warm. What would you do at, in, a, in, a, in a snowstorm like this? And then that's where you get the like hands moving, keeping her back warm. Um, another example is like, uh, let's say we're in a hallway. Um, maybe the photographer wants them just for example, walking through the hallway back and forth. For me, for video, I think it's a little more natural to ask them to experience the hallway. If if the cameras aren't there, they're going to be, if, if it's a nice hallway, they're going to be looking at the paintings on the wall. I'm going to ask them things like, hey, what uh, what's your favorite painting? Or, hey, can you point out what what part of the architecture, the the 
the the sidings of the wall, the 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 color of the paint, what what is your favorite part of this hallway? And then try to get them to like, hey, hey, this is this is my favorite part. And then they'll they'll go to it. They'll they'll do stuff along the lines of being alone. Like we're not there and uh we're just capturing things as they would have liked to happen already. Um going back to how you I guess described your your couples and your film style being high energy. Is there anything that you specifically do to kind of like add that in to the day? Like, or do you just, do you just kind of wait for the high energy moments to happen and make sure you're ready to capture them? I would err on the side of saying I wait for it to happen and then kind of guide them if I know it's like, if they're on the cusp of doing something high energy. Um, So I think what you're asking is like, do I ask them to, to do something like high, like, yeah, a fist so bump like, or, or dancing yeah, or, or jump like around lifting. or like yeah. make sure you get some some like high energy footage that you can work with in the edit, or yeah. you just um, is there somewhere somewhere else that you're you know, yeah, making sure yeah, that yeah. You, you have those pieces? Mm. It, it it really depends on the couple, but generally um, the the most amount of energy is either the morning with the guys or like nighttime during the dancing session. Um, it's I've noticed that it's very hard to get high energy when um, there's a bride, for example, that just is on top of things. So you, that's when things don't get as energetic as I'd like them to be. But anyway, going back to this, I wouldn't ask them to do something out of the ordinary. So working from that, I like I wouldn't say dance during the middle of their ceremony, just out of exaggeration. Um, but if Again, like if it's there, you want to guide them to do that. Absolutely. Oh, because I mean, I, I guess it, it sounds like you're 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 wanting to preserve the authenticity of what you're capturing. Like it's all well yeah. and good to craft these like high energy moments and make them jump around and do stuff just so that the edit feels high energy. But if that goes against the authenticity of what's happening, um, then is it going to be a, a representation of their wedding day, or are they just going to be watching it thinking? He managed to jump around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you you really don't want to get them to do things they wouldn't already be doing. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I I get you on that. Yeah. So before we uh, take a break and then come back to talk about your editing, um, do you have any advice for uh, filmmakers when it comes to directing their cu- cu- couples in a candid, natural way? Yeah, the best advice I can give them. Um, is really, first of all, understanding who your couples are. And that bounces back to my, my, that, my, my books that I give to my couples because that really gives them a good idea of who they are together and it helps me understand them too. So out of the, so the book Wedding Day Confidence, it's a book with 150 questions for, the, for my couples to ask each other to get to know them better. Um, ideally, they know a lot of the answers already, but just this just reiterates how deeply in love they're going to be. Um, so I use some of those questions in my initial consultation call, and that really helps me as a filmmaker know how to interact with them authentically. So the, the best piece of advice is having a handful of questions ready at hand to um, put on your couples when you meet them. Um, for me, I have my go-to questions, um, and they really help me understand who they are, what they, what they like doing and what would look natural for them on camera. And if you don't mind, then I'd, I'd love to go into these five questions with you just quickly. Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the very first question and all our listeners here, I would say you should ask your couples this question too, is what type of movie best describes your upcoming wedding? This question really helps me understand what they're hoping for in terms of the decor and style, but also the style of their film. So that's question number one. Question number two, if you could go to any live music concert together, who would you see? Um, this question really tells me what type of music they like experiencing and how much energy I can expect from them together. The third question is, if you could go anywhere in the world together, where would you go? This shows me what type of environment they like being in. 
So for example, maybe they're more of the laid back, lay on the beach type of couple, or on the other end, maybe they're the adventurous type to go through the jungle or something like that, you know? So um, yeah, where would they go in the world? Fourth question is, if you had to share one meal together, what type of food would it be? This this question kind of gets me an, a good idea of who they are. What they, what they like doing together, but it also gives me a kind of indicator of how picky they are. So what I found is that if um, my couples bring up, if they say something a little more commonplace, like, oh, I'd, I'd love to share a nice pizza or a, a burger from, from the, the place down the street, I can kind of gauge that they're not as picky when it comes to the specific elements of their filmmaking process. But what I found is that if if they know exactly, like, for example, what kind of fish um, and from what country they like it, what, what, uh, what, what, time, what time of the year they like it being caught and what kind of grill and, and sauce they like it with, that's when I know they're more of the specific types of choices type of couple, you know? So that's kind of my like way into knowing how kind of like picky they are. One more question, and this is an easy one. What is, what is your love language? And that helps me understand how they like to be treated yeah love that lovely great questions great questions um and yeah i love yeah. your explanations too on on, on each because they're such simple questions from the outset but you're right they give you a lot of information to work off around how you deal with these c- couples yeah um, yeah I'd, I'd say for Again, for everyone listening, have your set of questions ready to like get into their minds, mm. you know, and then yeah. from there, the whole directing process becomes easier and more natural. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I love that. Um, that would, uh, yeah, that would absolutely give, give you a total picture of these couples and just a really efficient set of questions, which is great. Yeah. yeah I love that. It, it kind of mm. like, speed dating is something like this but uh exactly <laughs> exactly because that's exactly what we're trying to do really we're trying to get like you know up to speed into bed with these people like you know as quickly as possible professional so we can make wheelers. something so we can make something super intimate and unique for them absolutely no it's it's totally speed dating <laughs> yeah i love that um cool cool man Fantastic. Well, um, I think that's a good good place to have a quick break and uh, hear, hear a message from our sponsor and we'll be right back to jump into the edit. Studio Ninja is the world's highest rated studio management software. It contains a huge suite of tools from calendar integration and double booking warnings to contract templates and automated client workflows. If you want more time to focus on the creative parts of being a wedding filmmaker and less time on admin, then why not take 50% off when you sign up with the promo code MBWF50 and get your first year of Studio Ninja for as little as $125 US. Alrighty, and we're back. So um, now I would love to start to dive into your editing process because I think, especially when it comes to um, how you craft the kind of high energy excitement and stuff that you um i guess uh resonating with with your couples um uh, i feel like a lot of that comes from the edit and what you do in that um so i guess i would love for you to just start with like how do you start an edit because i think everyone's editing process is slightly different and i think uh, how you structure it and the sort of beginning stages of, of of your workflow can say a lot for how you actually craft a film so what's the sort of foundation for you for an edit yeah good editing at least to me is filmmaking at its most fundamental level you know you can have all the 8k 120 frame per second cameras 10 people working with you but and and you can have the most beautiful shots but if you don't know how to put it all together like what's what's the point in that so that's where the the importance of editing really comes into my mind like without it you're just um, a good example is like you can have all the paint and textures of, of colors in the world, but if you don't have a good paintbrush and canvas to put it together, like what good is having it all? Um, so for me, my, my, uh, there are two aspects to, 
two sides to my editing process. The first part is the traditional narration of it. So taking the, the really the diegetic sounds of the speeches and ceremony, um, nothing too unique there. Um, I, I would put all the, the speeches synced. I, I would finish all the speeches, have that video ready for, for my couples, have the whole ceremony edited so I know what type of vows I'm working with, and then put it together in the timeline um, in a in a relatively f- uh, sequential way, you know? So in the timeline, we're hearing things about this is the groom, and then another part of the timeline is talking about the bride, this is the bride, and then this is how things changed when they met, and then let's celebrate it, and let's have a good time moving forward into their marriage. So that's what we're hearing in the timeline. That's what the people, are, our, our guests are saying, our toasts are saying, um, in that timeline. So that's the general audio arc, you know, the, the, the beginning, middle and end of the story plot line. But then the second aspect of my editing process is the visual arc. I don't think the visual arc of storytelling gets spoken about too much. Um, I, I minored in theater and film and one of the only things I got out of the class was the, the, the very few classes that I took was the idea of visual storytelling. There are, I think, seven, just under 10 different ways you can tell a story visually without sound or music. And uh, for me, I think telling a story through your visuals is probably the most artful way to put a narrative together of a wedding day. If you look at the general story arc, arc of a, a fiction or um, a literary book or movie, you know, you have the beginning, middle and end, which includes the exposition, the conflict and climax and resolution. Um, normally we think of these parts through dialogue and what we see our characters talking about and, and going through. But for us wedding filmmakers, what I see is that the good films don't necessarily have that dialogue. We can tell that this is the beginning, middle, and end just by seeing things. Um, typically, we have the protagonist exploring the the exposition of the the world, the the not the brand world, but the the wedding world. Um, then some conflict arises. Uh, Luke Luke gets into the world. Uh, it, it, like he finds out that he has the force and. He has Obi-Wan, uh, Yoda helping him along the way. And then the, the climax is him uh, for, for, I don't want to ruin the story of Star Wars, but uh, we, we. If people haven't seen it by now, it's fifty. It's a 50 year old film. I'm sure we, we, can, we can avoid the spoilers. Um, but I like Luke what you're saying around the conflict. And I find that interesting because I, like we're all told that conflict is the cornerstone for storytelling, but I've always struggled with how to translate that to wedding films. So yeah. just to kind of like jump in there on you um, in the middle there, um, how do you translate conflict in terms of yeah. a wedding film? Yeah. So instead of Luke going through that hero's journey for us, at least in my editing process, the viewer is Luke. The viewer is the protagonist. Instead of having the hero going through the 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 the, the video's hero go through the journey, the viewer is going through the journey. I flip that on its head, kind of that that plot line upside down, and I'm making you go through the process of getting to the resolution. My favorite way of approaching editing is making the audience the protagonist, like really portraying instead of. Um, Again, Obi-Wan or Yoda as, as, as the guide. The couple is the guide helping the viewer find out what this wedding day is about. The audience is going through that journey through your film. And um, you really want your audience to experience the conflict of not really knowing where this is going. I think that, at least from my background in China and my experiences, that's my, that's my way of telling a story. I want... Um, the conflict, not on the bride and groom or, or whoever is getting married, but on the 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 viewer. You know, it, it's hard to put conflict into a wedding day. I mean, you can do it. I know. Um, uh, 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 hello tomorrow, Aaron, and he's he's gonna kill me. <laughs> Name's gone out of my head. Yeah. Oh um, my goodness, McLean. 
McLean. McLean, yes. Um, yeah. like it is, I was just listening to that episode mm. too. Um, McLean and Aaron, they, they mm. have their um, storytelling techniques and, and they're teaching it too, which is so cool. Um, but yeah, even they mentioned that it's hard to have conflict on the actual wedding day. So what I do is just mm. put the conflict on the couple. That's my editing ethos. The viewer is the hero. On the viewer, yeah. Exactly. And the editing yeah. is the villain, keeping the viewers away from knowing what this wedding is about. And then the couple yep. on the camera are the guides helping the viewer piece it all together, which is that. which mm. is um, going into the resolution of things, you know? Yeah. No, that's a, that's a very elegant way of approaching it. And I love that. I love that because that totally solves the problem, you know, like, because we can't <laughs> put conflict on uh, someone's happiest day of their life. The conflict's got no place there. Um, but putting the conflict I hope that on made the, sense, yeah, yeah, it, actually, it absolutely did. Put the, putting the conflict on the viewer and having the couple as the guide, fucking genius. Love that shit. Um, yeah, um, yeah, um, man. You've yeah, that's definitely a light bulb for me. Um, I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- think about that on your next edit. Uh, um, yeah. Good editing, I think, will always tease the viewer with a little mystical imagery um, and. Uh, in- like the the end resolution, like when again to bring up Star Wars, the end um, we see Luke win, but really the winning, the the resolution for wedding films is the viewer coming to the realization that this is a love story, that this is still a wedding that they're celebrating their love with, you know. So tease mm. tease the love, yeah, and give it to them in the climax with that high energy. I think that's yeah. how I do it. Give them that high energy of knowing that. Yes, love exists, and maybe it didn't look like it here, but this is where it ends. Yeah, wicked. Fucking love that man. That's great. <laughs> um, now, I guess from I guess I, from a story structure standpoint, that's amazing. From a stylistic standpoint, um, and this I guess again speaks to that high energy. Um, value um, that you and your ideal clients kind of share, but there's an element of kind of like quote unquote epicness to your edits, you know, kind of like a bit of, a bit of Christopher Nolan spice just like thrown in there. Um, (laughs) And I think it's something that a lot of us, a lot of filmmakers um, strive to achieve, you know, like there's certain elements to go like, you know, I would like, I want a film to feel, amazing and high energy for my couples and I want it to feel epic. Like my couple like want their wedding to feel epic and amazing. I want my wedding film to kind of uh, uh, reflect that. And so do you have any advice for filmmakers wanting to inject some kind of, you know, cinematic epicness for one of a bit better word into their, into their (laughs) films, into their edits? Yeah, quote unquote epicness. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I really think epicness is a yes, very subjective to to who you are as a person. But to me, it's really a matter of awe. Injecting that epicness into my edits for me is making something natural look unnatural. So, for example, like holding hands instead of shooting a close up of those new rings minted on those ring fingers, maybe shoot those same hands, edit those same hands with something completely different like instead of holding hands maybe place it under something weird like running water or hidden in the leaves you know give it a little mystery and this goes back to my idea of making your viewer work for like trying to find out that this is a wedding um uh like make them work for it my favorite tv show um to date like for example is the Haunting of Hill House or The Haunting of Bly Manor. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a, for our listeners, it's a horror series or horror drama series on Netflix. They, those series were both visually stunning and poetically told. Um, the reason I think back to those, um, that, that, that show is because of the horror aspects mixed in with the romantic story arcs. You never really know what you're looking at in each of the frames with um, there, there are so many Easter eggs of ghosts throughout that whole series, like hidden messages scattered throughout. Like I don't even, I've, I've seen that series a few times and I don't even think I've seen all the little um, hidden, hidden uh, 
horror aspects, you know. But at the end of that arc, the horror aspect is so wonderfully tied together into the greater themes of romance. Um, so for everyone who wants to binge something over the next little while, get into The Haunting of Hill House. That's a, that's a beautiful series. Like inject that horror into love. That's, that's my uh, little piece of epicness of advice. That's some fucking juxtaposition shit. Like <laughs> you, no one would ever think to put horror into their w- w- wedding films. So I'm going to dive into that and, and kind of see what you mean about that because that's interesting. Um, but I, I think uh, going back to what you're saying around mystery, I think is probably an element there that you sort of. Put, that's how we sort of are, are going to add tension, I guess. Um, just keeping that element of of mystery and um, and I think an element too to uh, that speaks to your kind of like epic quality in your edits um, is your. Uh, is your sound design. I'm sort of jumping around some of my questions here, but this seems like a good place to transition into this is like your films have a really visceral element to them. And I think that's to do with how you layer things, uh, the speed that you edit, but also your sound design. Um, Because I've noticed in a lot of your edits, it's like you start with this kind of like, I guess kind of the exposition. It's this kind of like, epic exciting kind of like teaser um with like lots of footage of the couple in the wedding but no real kind of like plot points this is kind of just like this is like everything you're about to see super epic kind of like prep the the viewers feelings mm-hmm. for what they're about to mm-hmm. see and then we kind of transition into um some more kind of like uh story-based uh filmmaking but throughout it both in the kind of like beginning epic exposition and in the, the sort of more traditional kind of narrative storytelling um, there's this quite rich sound design. So could you maybe speak to a little bit around how you start to craft that uh, throughout your edits um, and what you're trying to achieve with that? Yeah, totally. Music is such a huge part of not just the filmmaking process, but it was such a big part of my life. Again, um, I grew up in a huge uh, Filipino family, so there'd be music bumping all the time. I was I was also a hip-hop dancer in a past life. I was the choreographer in my school. But um, I think that also builds on the aspect of putting who you are into into your work. You know, I, I like you said, that that epicness is is in the music too. So a lot of heavy backbeats, trap hi-hats when I, when I can, and like very powerful strings. Um, going back to the story arc, um, it, it's it's not always like that. Again, it it's there in the beginning to, again, the exposition. That's where I say, hey, this is the kind of world you're in. This is what you're about to see. But then um, it, like the only reason I use that is to bring back that sort of mystery, like disorient them with those heavy strings, those heavy, maybe like trap beats, um, hip hop um like, uh, uh, one of those, the, the, the toms, <laughs> heavy toms. Um, I, I just want them to get a sense of not knowing where it's going, um, with those very, I, I think you said this descriptive word earlier, ethereal type of music. Like you're, you're in a whole other kind of world. It, it, it's, it's not typical for a traditional wedding video, you know? But again, following that story arc, it, it's not always like that. Um, that arc still needs its kind of um, explanation and like buildup of who these people really are. And I tend to go into a more mellower tone, you know? Um, not as heavy, but what I will tell you is that when I go mellow, I, I won't go positive. Like the major keys in the in the songs, I, I try to stay away from them only because I don't want the viewer to know what to feel. I want them to work to know what they feel. So things like atmospheric atmospheric music with very neutral, ethereal types of uh, timbre. You know, I don't I don't want them to say, "Hey, I'm I'm happy right now." I want them to look at the couple. I want them to look at the decor, the design, whatever editing technique is in that part of the timeline and be like, what am I supposed to be feeling? And if it's a major, major key type of song that, that just gives it away that they're supposed to be happy. So I don't like doing that because I don't want them to know what to feel. I want them to figure out what to feel over time. 
cool. I hope, interesting. Yeah, I hope yeah. that makes sense too. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, amazing. Um, as we sort of uh, start to uh, round out the episode here, um, I'd love to sort of like, I guess, look back um, holistically across everything we've sort of talked about um, and get you to describe like what what do you think it is about your films that people watch it and they go like that's an Aaron Daniels film like what do you think is your fingerprint oh dude I, the brand of Aaron Daniels films it's super influenced by so many things like the the many many mentors I've had across the world the music that I listen to at the gym the books that I read the the podcasts I engage with um like you have an influence you and your guests have an influence on on my work too and I can't really say what defining like characteristic of of Aaron Daniel films that I can't I can't like put one single word to it. But if I if I did have to pick one thing, I'd probably say um, the thing that tells people a film is made by Aaron Daniel films is obscure energy. There's energy in all my films that have a taste of unknowing, mysterious obscurity. You know, it's like I actively try not to say that this is a wedding film i i i don't want it right in their face um like a a a funny story like a few months ago i was uh on a zoom call with a bride and groom um i hadn't shot their wedding yet they were they were still looking to find a videographer and at the time the, the the groom wasn't familiar with my work the bride showed him my web page she showed her, she showed him my uh, my my portfolio and like I could see on Zoom his reaction and he was like, "This is like a horror movie." I I at first I was discouraged, but then I was like, "Yeah, you know what? It it is kind of like a horror mystery, you know." And they hired me, and it was part of pro- probably one of the biggest weddings I've been part of. So don't think you need to do what other people are doing, and I think that's kind of the tell of Aaron Daniel films, like the mysteriousness of what might or might not be going on. I love that. I love that as a calling card mystery. <laughs> like that I think I feel is sort oh of the, the word that we've kind of landed on because, because it comes back to what we're t- talking around um, how to like, how to find that tension, how to find that conflict, you know, and, and, and you found it in this kind of like framework of mystery which I love. It's it's a it's a really simple, elegant um, uh, framework and technique that you've kind of settled into um, that is unique to you, and I think that's 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 amazing. Um, and so I, mean, I try. Yeah. Well, that's what we're all, we're all fucking doing, man. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody fucking knows what they're doing. We're all just trying. <laughs> um, and, Number one rule for everyone at home. We're all fucking trying. Um, <laughs> so uh, for everybody at home, as we finish up here, um, let's now talk a little bit about your um, your workshop coming up to kind of like bring us back to this whole idea of, of, of branding and brand management, all this kind of stuff, all these sort of uh, topics we've sort of discussed throughout the, the episode. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your workshop coming up and that might help people who've listened to to this and want to learn more know where they should go yeah for anyone interested in learning a little bit more about my editing ethos and brand world world building brand management i'm hosting a workshop this september in toronto canada it's called the abracadabra workshop um just because we all know we need a little magic in our in our day-to-day lives you know it's a it's a full day. It'll it'll be a full day of uh, learning. Three guest speakers, and two styled shoots. Um, it'll help. Like the goal is to help shape you into the best wedding filmmaker you know you can become. And uh, you'll be surrounded by like minded artists to help get you there. Beautiful, amazing, love that. Um, and we will have uh, linked for more information for that below for anybody interested. Anybody in the area is is there any element to? Um, any kind of online learning for people who are not local to Canada? Yeah. So by the time, I, th- I think by the time this episode comes out, I'll have, there, there are modules on the website to help prime our our, our, our attendees um, to, cool. to the topics that I'll be speaking on. Um, they'll be public. They're, they're public. Yeah. And uh, you'll get an idea of, of 
a deeper aspect of the ethos in editing that the editing ethos and brand world world building you know yeah so Wicked, cool. All right, well, f- fantastic. So even if when, if you know, someone like me down the bottom of the <laughs> if world, you, if you can't can make still it get Canada. something, so yeah. So for everyone around the world, there'll be a link below. We, we, we can all get something. And if you have to happen to be lucky enough to be uh, local to your area, there's obviously the in-person workshop as well. Um, yes. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, yes. we'll have all that information below. And um, yeah, I, I think there's all all that's left to say is. Thank you so much, Aaron, uh, for all your your uh, uh, wisdom and insights on your on your filmmaking process, um, your quite unique filmmaking process, um, and all your influences and ideas. Uh, it's been amazing. Yeah, I think your, your your work was one that when I came across it, I was like, this guy thinks about things differently. Um, I don't know how he does, but. Let's have a chat and figure it out. And and here we are. Um, so yeah, thanks so much uh, for coming on the show. And it's been great. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Ben. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. No worries. Cool. Alrighty. Like I said before, all the info for Aaron's workshop is below. That's going to do us, folks. We'll see you all, all next time. Bye. <laughs>